Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. So welcome to the JGB Sports Podcast episode eleven. Um, I ne- I nearly said the JGB Wrestling Podcast. <laughs> Could be it's a sport, sports entertainment. Yeah, yeah. this is um, we're going to focus on this one in the uh, we talked about last time how um, Coppin State had made the NCAA tournament for the first time. So we're going to talk about the uh, games that happened in that. Uh, we weren't present, but we still watched some of them on TV. So we're going to talk about that. All right, section one, though, first of all, we're going to talk about things that we talked about before. Uh, last lesson, uh, sorry, last lesson. Last episode, you talked about uh, wanting to do the ice bucket challenge. Yeah, so. you're probably used to saying lesson because you're a teacher. So I found out a little bit more. So do you want to go tell us about the what happened when it happened in 2014? The ice bucket challenge generated one, one, one. Did fifteen million for the na- dollars for the National Office of the ALS Association in nineteen in twenty fourteen, mm-hmm. which uh, was Spur. spurred a massive increase in the association's capacity to invest in promising research to development of assistant of assistive technologies and increased. Access to care and services for people with ALS. Since 2014, we have committed more than $131 million toward our mission, including over one, including over 89 million committed spe- specifically to worldwide research collaborations. So, as it says, um, promising research. Right now, there is no cure. So yeah. if you get ALS, you are going to die at some point. And it's not normally a particularly long period of time, as we talked about previously. Also, obviously, people who have ALS need help. Like, you yeah. can't start to feed... At certain points, you can't feed yourself, and you can't walk around. So there is talk there as well of giving access to care and services. So you still said you want to do that. I haven't had a chance to talk to people, see so if get a few sponsors. But um, Wait, I'm sure Granny C will sponsor you. I will sponsor you. I'm sure Mommy will sponsor you. And we'll try if we can get a few relatives, see if they'll help you as well. Okay? Yeah. All right, um, we forgot to do the George Brett Pintar incident, and actually we watched it um, mm-hmm. on TV this week. So rather than me telling you about it, why don't you tell me about what you saw then? So. So this is from, I believe, 1980, was it 81? I think it was around yeah, that time. I think it was 81, yeah. yeah Yankees so, versus um, the Royals. Yeah, so, they, so he hit, I think he hit a home run, Dad. He did hit so a home run. So he hit yeah. a home run. And then they they got the bat, and then they were like, "This might not count." So they laid it on the home run plate on the plate. Uh huh. Do you know and, why they put it on home plate? Um, like if it's longer than um the width of home plate, then there's too much there's pine too tar. Much, yeah. And that's right. and that's what happened. There was too much pine tar on. Okay. So. They ejected him, and then he just came running up onto the field, and then they had to j- drag him away. No, they didn't eject him, but they said he was out. 
So it looked like that was the winning run. And he'd already back in the dugout, and um, yeah, he stormed out. And we actually saw, now I've seen that clip before multiple times, but I'd never seen the interview that we saw afterwards. So this was, I think it said, on the 30th anniversary. And um, yeah, he said that I didn't realize I came out quite as crazy as that. <laughs> He's like, I didn't realize it was as bad as that. Uh, but yeah, he was upset. Um, and now on commentary, they talked about like if there's if it goes over the, I want to say the emblem or there's some sort of thing that's burnt into the bat, uh, the logo. Well, if it's over that, then it's too much, and you couldn't see from the video because <laughs> the, the umpires were all in a circle, so they were trying to surround it. So um, what we didn't see afterwards was though they did actually replay the end of that game. That was the part that I should have seen. I can't remember if they replayed it with the run allowed. Um, or if they made him take his at-bat again, that's the part that I can't remember. So They probably should have just made him take his at-bat again with a different bat. Um, probably. That's probably what happened. Now, I don't think the rules are... I think the rules have probably changed again since then, but I'm not exactly sure what they are. Now, the third thing I want to talk in the opening segment was something about when we were watching one of the Yankees games, and we were trying to figure out which number one of the players were, and you said it was number seven. And I was like, I know for sure it's not number seven. And you're like, how do you know? And I said, well, I'm not going to tell you right now because we'll talk about it on the show. And then I totally forgot about it on the show. So number seven is actually a retired number. It's Mickey Why? Mantle. It's Mickey Mantle. No one else is allowed to wear number seven because Mickey Mantle wore that number. What about coaches? No. No, no, no Yankees players are allowed to wear it. It's not retired through the whole of MLB. It's not like Jackie Robinson. But no Yankees players are. Now, I actually knew something even more than that. And we actually saw a, a mini baseball game the other day. And there was a team that were in pinstripes. Uh, but they were the Monarchs. And I was looking to see if I could find a player in single digits. The reason I was looking is there's not a single number from 1 to 9 that's available for the Yankees anymore. They've all been retired. And they're all super big players. Now, the reason that this came when, up again was... Why one? I'm sorry? How about one? One through nine. I'm going to tell you who they are in a second. But I went back to see who was the last Yankee that was retired. So I got you to. You're going to read the details for us because it's actually coming up soon. The New York Yankees intend retiring Paul O'Neill's number 21 jer jersey during a ceremony on August 21st, 2022. It was announced in February, mm -hmm. All right. which is the month. Of my birthday. Oh, I thought you meant August for a second. Oh. Unfortunately, I don't think we're going to be able to go back because I think that's when just about when school starts. Or it's going to be. I'm, well, perhaps not for you. You won't have to be. I think I have to be in school at that point. All right. Do you want to tell us a little bit about Paul O'Neill? Because I'm going to guess you don't know who that was, but it's somebody I remember from when I was started watching baseball. I don't know. Okay. O'Neill is the thirty, is the twenty third player in franchise history to have his number retired by the Yankees. All right. Stop there for a second. That's a lot of numbers. Like, I don't think I've ever seen a baseball player go above 99. Obviously. So, there's nearly a quarter of the numbers already that you can't use if you're on the Yankees. At, at some point, they're going to run out if they're not careful. Um, obviously, um, a lot of, like, big players, like, from, like, the 30s. There will be a lot of those. Would have played on that team. There will be a lot like, of those. But um, also some from the, uh, from other teams as well. You, well, you're going to find out in a minute. All right. You want to tell us a little bit about Paul O'Neill then? Some of his stats for the Yankees? Mm-hmm. O'Neill hit 303. With 185 career home runs and 858 RBIs for the Yankees. O'Neill also won four World Series with the Yankees. Is that why his numbers retired? Um, that's pretty impressive, right? Mm -hmm. uh, is it, there was a, obviously there was a lot of players on those teams, though. They were a bit of a dynasty for a while in the mm -hmm. early 2000s. And... The last Yankee to have his number retired was Derek Jett. 
Oh, you don't know who that is then? I thought no. you knew Derek Jeter. No. Oh, okay. No. Mason was reading the book about Derek Jeter. It's called The Captain. Uh, he was a captain of the Yankees. Uh, and he got retired in 2017. So it's five Why? years since they've last returned. Because they have a captain and Derek Jeter just happened to be the captain. So the retired numbers then. Number one is Billy Martin. Number two, Derek Jeter. Number three, you know who number three was? Babe Ruth. Number four, Lou Gehrig. Now, originally, the I numbers... I thought Babe Ruth was double numbers. No. The, originally, the numbers, they didn't actually... Lou Gehrig was, I think, the first player to... Because we seem to talk about ALS earlier. This is why it comes up again. Was the first player to ever have his number retired. Uh-oh. Got the smoke alarm going off. I think dinner's about ready. Wait, Dad, um, Can we keep that in? <laughs> I guess we can leave that in. It's not too loud, thankfully. Um, his, I think, was the first number retired. But when he played, they didn't have numbers on the back of the jerseys. So why did they retire number four? Because he used to bat number four. So Babe Ruth used to bat three. Lou Gehrig used to bat four. That's why they were given numbers three and four. I think it, I have seen Lou, I have seen Babe Ruth with a number three on his jersey. So um, anyway, number five, Joe DiMaggio. Might have heard of that player. Number six, Joe Torre. He used to be the manager for the Yankees. Number seven, Mickey Mantle. Number eight, Yogi Berra. Have you heard of Yogi Berra? He was a famous catcher. He actually has 10, 10 oh, yeah. World Series. Oh, yeah, There's Jack? a picture of him with rings on every single finger. Yeah, we have that picture. Oh, yeah, Jackie. Oh, yeah, he was arguing um, when Jackie Robinson got a run. Like, oh, he was? Yeah, yeah, if you go, and there's, like, this thing, like, that, I, I read a book, like, that's on, um, it was on, on, it was an online book. Oh, okay. Like, and, like, it was, there was a video with Jackie Robinson, like, he uh -huh. scored a run, and then Yogi Berra just started arguing with the umpire. Uh-huh. Uh, the cat's a little upset now as well. I'll let her out in a second. I think she heard it. Number nine was Roger Maris, who break, uh, broke Babe Ruth's home run record. Number ten, the scooter Phil Rizzuto. Number 15, Thurman Munson, who actually died in a plane accident very close to where um, Papa lives. Uh, it was at, oh gosh, it's where the Football Hall of Fame is. I can't think, uh, Canton, I think. Canton, Ohio. It's probably only about half an hour away from them. Oh, yeah. Uh, number happened? 16, um, he wasn't that qualified. He only just started learning how to fly, and it was bad conditions, and he, yeah, he just didn't manage to land the plane. Uh, 16, Whitey Ford. 20, Jorge Posada, who used to be the catcher. 21 will be Paul O'Neill when he's retired. Don Mattingly was another player I used to watch a little bit. 32, Elston Howard was another catcher, I believe. Uh, 37 was the manager, Casey Stengel. 42 was Mariano Rivera. So he was one of the last people to wear 42 before they retired it. 42. 44, Reggie, your namesake, Reggie Jackson. 46, Andy Pettit. Number 49, Ron Guidry. And uh, number 51, Bernie Williams. That's a lot of numbers. So I think the squads can have up to like up to 40 players. And there's like 26, uh, did we say 23? 23 numbers you can't choose straight away. So that's kind of a lot. All right. So this was the uh, uh, the NCAA from, I think this was the Greenville division. I didn't actually write this down. And the first game I couldn't watch live. I had a graduation. So... Um, yeah, I just had to come back and watch this. Three, it was graduation for Three finished. hours, 22 minutes. <laughs> I came back and watched this. Uh, you watched it, I think, the following day, actually. And, um, yeah, not a great result, but East Carolina, I think they came in. I don't think they'd lost since, uh, like, April 15th, which you might think, well, that was not that long ago. When you're playing almost every day, that's a long time to go. It was like 15 to 20 game win streak. So East Carolina were the favorites. Uh, they were the number eight seed in the nation. Uh, they were the home team as well. They had a lot going for them. Uh, do you want to talk us through the first few innings? Okay. You watched three innings, I think. Okay, so in the first inning, East Carolina got three. In the second inning, 
they got one. In the third inning, Coppin State got one, and East Carolina got eight. And at that point, it was pretty much game over. It was 12 to one. Um, yeah, it, it was nice that Coppin State got that run in. Um, and the reason they managed to get so many runs in those innings were, um, unfortunately, Jordan Hamburg just couldn't get any strikes. I, I seem to remember they, he walked the first three batters in uh, both innings. So it put a lot of pressure on. And once there's runners on base, if you get a pass ball or anything like that. Now, you read the time. Did you see the attendance? We've been going to games where it's been like 100 people. 5,082. 5, that's a lot. That's an awful lot. Uh, so, yeah, that was... Um, you could tell. It was packed. I would have loved to have gone down Wait, there. Wait, wasn't that a, as much as the New Japan Pro Wrestling that we went to, Dad? Uh, Wait, probably. it was more. I don't know. That I, was I don't more remember than the size of that venue, but it was packed. There was a lot of people there. And, um, yeah, it was a nice day. Everyone was enjoying it. And... Um, yeah, the, the Coppin State actually got a lot of respect from the East Carolina fans. Um, I saw afterwards, like, they were tweeting about them and saying, like, what a fun team they were. Um, I saw the uh, the fans, actually, they were big fans of Wellington. There was one where the fans came along and they were like, Wellington! And they were, like, giving him high fives. And, uh, yeah, they I guess they stayed around after the tournament. Because um, once they eventually, spoiler alert, once they eventually got knocked out, um, I did see them still interacting with the fans. So I guess this is different because... Perhaps you don't go home after this one. You know, normally they'll obviously take the bus back to college. College is finished at this point. So it might be if you live down in North Carolina, you might just go from there, probably. Perhaps not everybody rides back to Baltimore. One thing they like did you say about... buy a house there. Yeah, one thing they did say about the team is that they're from all over the nation. Like ESPN was mentioning the fact that they did a great job of getting people from like all over the country to come and play for, for Coppin State. Um, it was really cool. I know they didn't win. And the final score, JJ, was 17 to 1. Oh, yeah. Um, um, Sebastian is from somewhere like... Um, like near California. It's California. It's where the Ronald Reagan Library Museum is. Because I remember you telling me where it was, and I was like, oh, I've been there. Because I was on my uh, tour of the West Coast in 2004. I went there. I just can't remember. Uh, Simi Valley. That's where it is. I was trying to rack my brain for where it was. Um, if you look at the total number of hits, it's not massive difference. It was 14 to 8. Like, you, when you see a 17 to 1 final score, you kind of think that, oh, they got crushed. Um, they, they were close in terms of hits, relatively. Um, the East Carolina were a good team. So, this we got to remember, this is Coppin State's first ever appearance in the NCAA. So, they did well just to even get there. So, um, for me personally, JJ, I thought it was just cool watching the players. Like, when they came Wait, out on TV... Why did they get a mercy rule, Dad? Um, that's a good question. I guess they... I no mercy... Que... Oh, yeah, I don't know. That's I... a good question. I, I guess don't know. there might not be no... There might not be mercy rules in the NCAA. There might not be. I hadn't thought about that, actually. Yeah, because yeah. they were up by... Going into the ninth, they were up by 16. So, um, yeah, I didn't even think of that at the time. That's a good question. Yeah, I'll have to see if I, that's my homework assignment, I guess. Mercy rule for the NCAA tournament. Um, yeah. Um, I thought it was cool just seeing the players um, up close. Because we watched them from the field. But you got the cameras zoomed right in on them. Um, just hearing their names. Just seeing, like, the little banners come up when it says, Coming up to bat, like, Sebastian Sarabia. Um, I thought I just thought it was really cool. Um, it was a good experience, but it was really unfortunate that they came up against a, a really good team. Now, for the second one, I don't think you've actually watched this game. And actually, we haven't I, finished. I did. Finished. Oh, you got some more stuff to talk about on the first one? 
Yeah, there's still a bunch of like Brunstons. I think gave the final score. It was 17 to 1. We got it. We got it. So on the second game, I watched all of the second game as well. And um, I know that you didn't. I know you were doing something else, but I don't remember what it was. Now, if you've noticed, the full game is not on there for you, JJ. So, yeah, tell us about the first eight innings. This was against Coastal Carolina. So this is the people that lost oh, their God, first they... game. And it's like the other tournament. This is double elimination. So whoever loses this second game is out of the tournament. Oh, God, they got obliterated. <laughs> you want in to tell us some more In the numbers? first inning, Coastal Carolina got one run. In the second, Coppin State got two Time runs. Time out. They're winning. It's 2-1 Coppin State. You just said they got obliterated. It's 2-1. They're right in this game. All right. And then Coastal Carolina got zero in the bottom of the second. You're being mean. All right, and keep then going. They, and then in the third and fourth inning, they got one in the third, three in the fourth so it's five to two. And then five in, and then one in the fifth, one in the sixth, three in the seventh, and none in the and eighth. And unfortunately, that was the only inning where Coppin State had any runs. So going into the ninth, the score is uh, ten runs to two. Now, the reason I stopped it here is I want you to watch the last inning, JJ. I don't want you to watch the whole game. But they're down by eight. Can you remember what happened in the ninth inning at the tournament we were at, at the MIAC? They got eight. They got eight runs, right? So we know that they can do it. Did they get eight? I'm going to watch it now. So we're going to pause it and we're actually going to watch that game. And then you're going to tell us what you saw. All right. So, Jackson, you just watched the ninth inning. I think you owe a cop in state an apology. You and I still got, had dinner. You, you said they got obliterated. All right. So what happened in the ninth then? So they got six runs in. They did. So the final score was 10 to 8. Um, do you want to talk about some of the action that you saw that led up to the 10-8? Like, can you remember who started the inning off? So, um, Sebastian Sarabia started off the inning. And he did with a single, yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marcus Castillo had a walk. Um, Lloyd had a single as well to load the bases up. Can you remember what happened after that? And then, um... Um, I forgot his name. It was uh, Smith. He got hit by a pitch, um, which obviously there was nowhere to put him, so that, that got one run in, so yeah. it was three to two. Uh, Brian Nicholas was up next. Yes. So how did Brian do? He got he got a base hit. No, he didn't. He hit it in the middle. It looked like a base hit, but the guy caught it. Um, luckily, he couldn't juggle it quickly enough, so he didn't manage to get the double play. Um, so, yeah, nobody got to advance. The, the guy on second base managed to get back just about in time. Um, up next uh, was... Oh, there was a wild pitch. I forgot about that. Um, that was it was a wild pitch. Uh, it, went past the, it went past the catcher. So, remember, everybody advanced. <laughs> so they got so also that took the possible double play ball out as well. So that made it to ten four. Uh, Maddie Day was next. Actually, I made it ten to five. I'm sorry. Uh, Maddie Day was up next. So what Matt happened with that? Um, Matt he, Day. Uh, he got a base hit. No, you're guessing. He struck out swinging. Um, and I think that was the first. Was that the first out of the inning? Or was that the second out? Oh, no, that second. Was the that was the second out. Oh, no, he's, I'm sorry. You're right. He struck out swinging, but if you remember, it went past the catcher. Remember, it caught the edge of his glove? Yeah, so and then it bounced away, like, really It did, far. so he ran, and he made it to first base in time. So um, we got a, a run scored from that as well. So that advancement earlier was lucky, because otherwise, um, if it was a dropped third strike anyway, it would have been, uh, he wouldn't have had anywhere to go. So anyway, um, then Wellington was up. All right, so this is still 10-5 at this point. You remember what Wellington did? Because we're back to the top of the order now. 
pop-up. You did a pop-up, yeah. It went towards third base. Oh. Um, that brought up Josh Hankins. I'm sure you remember home this. Home run! <laughs> Three-run Jack. Um, what was special about this home run? Can you remember? First home run of his career. They said it was the first home run of his career. Now, it, I knew it was the first In one. In college. He is a freshman, though, so we yeah. knew it was the first. But even so, the first, what a time to hit your first home run in such an important game. Um, that made it 10-8. to eight. They're having to keep making pitching changes. They were hoping to rest their pitchers for the game the next day, and they, they just couldn't do that. They used three pitchers in that one inning. Yeah, they just kind of had to keep coming in. So, of course, after Hankins is... I thought you Jordan. knew the top of it. Like Jordan Hamburg, all right? So what happened with Jordan? Can you remember? Um... Hit. He got hit by a pitch, so... On his right leg. Uh-huh. Right calf. I think the pit count was three and two. I think it was uh, I think it was an important one. It got away from him. Uh-huh. Um, that brought Sarabia back up again. So Sebastian's on... on, on uh... Sebastian now is the um, the tying run, I believe. So what did Sebastian do? Uh, he got a... He got a single. He did. He got a base hit. So now there's two runners on, first and second. Um, Marcus Castillo is up 10 to 8. If Marcus can hit a home run, that takes it to 11 10 Coppin. All right, so how did Marcus do? Um, He got. So he. He got a base hit, but the person who's. But the runner on second got tagged at third he did it was a fielder's choice he, he he didn't he couldn't get marcus out but he didn't need to get marcus out so yeah he threw it to third it was close it wasn't like he didn't make it by a long way but yeah if they if marcus had made it or i guess if that third baseman that third per, person on third would have made it there it would have been bases loaded 10-8 with still one out to go so unfortunately final score 10 to 8 but like i told you it was an exciting game right yeah. Now, I cut the last part of this off because I didn't want you seeing the final score before you watch the game. Um, the game time was 3 hours and 34 minutes. There was 4,895 people at this one. I thought it was less. I saw a lot more empty seats on this one when we were watching. Because I meant to ask you, I was like, do you notice there's not as many people here for this one? Um, but anyway, that was how it went. So that was kind of how it finished. That was the end of the Especially season. Especially behind the catcher. Uh-huh. Like, why? That was the end of the season. Um, I did put the scorecard up, JJ, if you want to tell us some of the other matches. So, um, the winner's match was East Carolina versus Virginia. Are we doing the outro already? No. Oh, okay. So, then... Can you read it? It's a little faint. So, then Coastal Carolina... Um, okay, so East Carolina beat Virginia, and so... And so did Coastal Carolina. So, Eastal Carolina beat Virginia 4-2, so they advanced. So, East Carolina's won both of their games. Virginia and Coastal Carolina both won one, lost one, so they played. And uh, Coastal Carolina won that one. So, it was East Carolina versus Coastal Carolina. And this and was the part that I missed. Uh, well, Coastal Carolina won the first game 9-1, to one, so that yeah. gave East Carolina their first loss. Kind of like the MEAC tournament, but in the next one, yeah. Um, I'm assuming East Carolina was probably trying to rest pitchers, that would be my guess. Um, knowing that, hey, even if we lose this one, we can still go to play. And yeah, and the other one, it was 13-4. to four. So the regional winner was East Carolina. That means they advanced to the Super Regionals. And the Super Regionals is just a single team against a single team. Now, I meant to ask this one. I didn't manage to uh, find this out at all. In the NCAA tournament for basketball, it goes tournament, like four teams, four teams. And then they win. It takes it to 16. And then they have groups of four again. And then they get to four. But they don't do that for baseball for some reason. I would have thought they would have done the same thing again. They would have had those 16 teams, had four groups of four, and then four make it to the World Series. But... 
anyway, they didn't do that. And um, at the time of recording, those Super Regionals are actually going on. Um, I did actually see JJ East Carolina did win their first game. And I saw UNC had actually lost their first game as well. So that's so where I think we're going to leave it at that. Anything else to talk about for the NCAA tournament? Uh, no. I think the weird one is the fact that now we're not going to see another Coppin State game until like February. That seems like a long, long time away. Oh, yeah. So this week was kind of weird. Like I'm getting used to kind of looking online and finding out what tweets people are putting out and looking forward for the game and the build up. And that's it. That, that's it. That was the end of the season. So. Oh, yeah. I want to I watch the World Series no matter who wins. I would like to watch some of the College World Series as well. Now, I probably could have put this in the things we talked about at the starting segment. Because I want to see this team. Next week's episode is um, we went to a Fredericksburg Nationals game. Before the game, it was actually the women's uh, softball World Series. Because uh, I was like, oh, I wonder if that's held in Omaha. Can you remember where it was? No. I had to look it up. It was Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. <laughs> All right, Jay, no real copying updates because that, that's it. They're out of the tournament now. Um, nothing else to see. Everyone's going to go on and get a break now. Obviously, the college people, they're getting a break from college as well. So, um, yeah, nothing to talk about that at all right now. So, straight into your Orioles update. Do you want to tell us some of the some of the scores? I originally printed this out for Saturday, but we didn't get a chance to record in the end. So, in, so they so they won 9-3 to... State Ju- June seventh against Chicago, mm-hmm. and it got post. The next game got postponed. Yeah, the Wednesday game got postponed. I'm not sure. I'm assuming it's weather. I'm assuming it was rain. That seems the most likely reason. Yeah. All right. So when what about is... Thursday, Friday, then again, Kansas City. We can watch that game. Huh? You can watch this game, Dad, on ESPN Plus. The the game that's already finished. Oh, that's later. Hey, you've got to talk about the games that have already happened first. You okay, can talk about those in a minute. So... They lost both of their games to Kansas City. Mm-hmm. First one seven to five, last one eight to one. They did. Now, actually, the Saturday game, I can tell you, they won six to four uh, because I did look it up. And at the time of recording, it should the other game should have finished. The Orioles were up by quite a few, if I remember correctly. So let me see if I can pull up the scores. Uh, I can see. Oh, well, I got the Red Sox score ready as well. Uh, Orioles 10, Royals 7. So they actually split the series then. So it was 2-2. Uh, to two. All right, what about upcoming games then for the next week? Two against Kansas City. Time... No, no, no. We already did those. They've already been played now. That was Saturday, Sunday. Okay. Four against Chicago. See where it says upcoming? I know. Four against Chicago. No. That doesn't say Toronto. Chicago. Four against Toronto. Uh-huh. Three against Tampa Bay. Yeah, so... And they're... I will read the time. No, you don't need... It's a really strange time, though, in Toronto. 7.07. That's a really strange time. There is a reason, but I can't remember what it was. All right, do you want to do the... I assume the Red Sox update I'm probably doing. Oh, no, you can do the Red Sox update. Go on, then. Tell us some scores. You want me to do it? Yes. All right, so the Los Angeles were currently on... They were on a horrible streak. I think it was an 11-game losing streak. Um, and they lost 1-0 in the first game. They lost 6-5 in the second game um, in 10 innings. 1-0 uh, in the third game. So they had three games in a row where they lost by one run. And then they snapped to that 14-game losing streak with a 5-2 win. Um, I heard the fact was it was the first team in history to be 10 games above 500. So that means they've won 10 more games than what they lost. And um, lose 12 games in a row. 
and then they end up losing 14. Um, they played Seattle, won 4-3. Last night, oh my gosh, they were winning by one going into the ninth, and then the uh, Robles blew the save. And today's game is currently still going on. It's 0-0. Hey, zero, zero. What was the score for that, that game? Uh, I don't remember. It was like 5-6 to six or 4-5 to five or something like that. And the current game that's going on, it's in the bottom of the seventh. It's 0-0. Zero, zero. Um, I can see that there's two outs right now. And, um, yeah, there's not many hits. Seattle's only had one hit, and Boston's had three hits. And I'm just seeing Wait, somebody's throwing his cap away right now, so I think it looks like they're out of the seventh as well, possibly. Oh, that might be a video from earlier, I'm not sure. And um, might be able to watch these games, though, it says, on ESPN. We could actually watch this right now, ESPN Plus, after we've... Oh, no, you got a chore to do after we finish recording this. We could actually watch the end of that game, because it says it's on ESPN Plus. Um, one other stat I did see, after Wednesday's game, the Red Sox had eight consecutive wins, which was the most in the American League. And um, the Braves also did the same and uh, in the National League. And I think Braves actually yesterday completed 10 games in a row, so they're doing pretty good. All right, who's Red Sox facing this week, though, JJ? Oh, three against the Oakland A's, mm -hmm. and three against St. Louis. Yep, three against St. Louis Cardinals. So um, uh, on the road again. So it's a big road trip right now. I'm going to say they faced Los Angeles, Seattle, Oakland, and then St. Louis. So kind of a long uh, run for them. <laughs> Alright, this week in baseball, I kind of left this kind of late this week, um, I'm wrapping up with school this week, um, I finish on Wednesday, so I only have like three half days left to go, but I was kind of busy this week with final exams and stuff, and I suddenly realized on Friday, I was like, man, I didn't write anything down at all. So I kind of found three different stories, one from the major leagues, uh, one from the minor leagues, and I think I found one from college, if I remember correctly as well. Alright, tell us about story one, JJ, I thought you'd find this one interesting. Joe Musgrove of the Padres and Chad Cole. I think it might be cool. I'm not sure. K-U-H-L? Cool? I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah. Of the Rockies? Chad of the Rockies played tic-tac-toe Friday night on the Petco Park Mound. Uh-huh. So that's in San Diego, in other words. Uh-huh. What is tic-tac-toe? Noughts and crosses? I call it noughts and crosses. You call it tic-tac-toe. Where you put the zeros and the X's. You got yes. like three in a row. You don't call that tic-tac-toe? We do. Oh, okay. But so why, why would they be playing it during the middle of the game? So, you know what the mound is? It's got, like, sand and dirt on it, right? Yeah. So he dug his cleat into it to draw the grid, and then with his foot... Well, it's going to tell you what he did. All right, come on, tell us the next line. Musgrove drew the grid prior to the top half of the first. When he drew, drew an X on the bottom left corner, Cole cool responds with an O in the center, and it was game on. Uh-huh. Keep going. I didn't tell him about that, Musgrove said. I just got out there and figured it would be fun. The tic-tac-toe ended in a draw. It, it did. They used to be teammates uh, when they were on the Pirates, I think it said. So he just did it to kind of lighten the mood a little bit. And um, the cameras were focused on it. So they thought it was kind of cool. It was kind of cool. Most tic-tac-toes game ends in a draw anyway. Um, the game didn't Unless end in a draw. Unless you're against me. The, and then we win. The Padres uh, won the game 9-0. to zero. I always win. So I think that was uh, Musgrove who took the win. Yeah, Musgrove took the win. His ERA for the season is only 1.5, so he's uh, pretty Shoot! good. All right, my uh, minor league story, JJ, is from MILB.com. Cardinals infield prospect Samuel De La Rosa has only played three pro games stateside, but the 18-year-old has already a memorable performance to his name. De La Rosa cycled for the rookie-level Florida Complex League Cardinals in a 5-2 loss. 18? 
to the FCL Astros Orange. His first four at-bats were sec uh, a double, a triple, a home run, and then he had the easy one to finish with, a single. So, uh, yeah, because you actually asked me the other day when you were talking about rookie level, I was like, rookie level? I was like, I don't even know what that is. And you showed me in the program. I was like, oh, I didn't. He, I thought A was just, the lowest level. I didn't realize he was a rookie. He just got out of college. He just got out of high school then. Probably. Yep. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, pretty young. He's pretty young. All right. Story... Story three, JJ. Did you want to tell us the winners from the college? So we already talked about the fact that... I mentioned that UNC had already made the Super Regionals. We mentioned that Eastern Carolina has made the Super Regionals. Did you want to tell us any of the other teams that made the... Wait, can I you don't have to read every result, but you could can tell I us the people the who... National Top 10 16 seeds dead. Uh, well, not all of them are through, so no, that wouldn't be such a good idea. You could read these ones, though. That will tell us who's who made it through. Stanford, Yukon, uh -huh. yep. North Carolina, Arkansas, Ole Miss, Southern Miss. Ooh, so that's Mississippi against Mississippi. That might yeah. be a good one. Yep, that's Auburn if you're trying to read that one. Auburn, mm -hmm. Oregon State, Yep. Oklahoma, Virginia Tech, Texas A&M, Louisville. Louisville, East Carolina, Texas, Tennessee, and and Notre Dame. Yeah, Notre Dame. Um, it's a shame that Texas aren't facing Texas A&M, to be honest, because that would be kind of a, a good match as well. But <laughs> So, yeah, that's the thing. If you want to read some of the... Why don't you tell us the top five seeds, then? Because you mentioned some of the big names there, but tell us who the top five are. Tennessee, Stanford, Oregon State, Virginia Tech, and, and Texas A&M. The thing that stood out for me was how many wins that Tennessee's had compared to the other teams. Tennessee are 53-7. and seven. Like, no other team's even close to 50. Like, Stanford had 41. Uh, Oregon had 44. Virginia Tech had 41. And Texas didn't even break 40. So it kind of shows you how dominant the team Tennessee are. So I'm assuming that they're probably... Well, yeah, they're I guess the if they're the number one seed, they're, they're, yeah, the the they're going to be tough to beat. The one that I wanted to see was... I'm trying to remember who our guy was. Remember our pitcher who we talked about who threw like at nearly 105 miles an hour? I'm trying to remember what team he was from. He might be from Tennessee. He might be on the Tennessee team. I'm trying to look along those lists to see if any of those names look familiar. Um, but it's I saw somebody talk about an article today where it said that he could... Um, pitch in the College World Series and then get drafted and then pitch in a World Series possibly if somebody uh, signs him and they make it through. So that could be kind of interesting too. All right, JJ, I think that's our three stories. So I think it's time for the outro. Thank you.